The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. God. All right, so um, let's get into the word. Genesis chapter number one, the gospel in Genesis. Yesterday, I was sharing this with our America brethren and Canada. Because we are actually, I teach them the same thing. The syllabus is the same. So we're going to continue that line. Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 1. Everybody let us read. In the beginning. Uh, wait now, calm down. Praise God. <laughs> Again. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Right? Verse 2 now says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Last week, we were able to explain without form and void. We said, all right, without form is the Hebrew word what? Tohu. All right, not tolu, tohu. Hallelujah. And the um, void was bohu. Then we were able to look at what tohu actually meant. We said tohu actually meant without form, it meant waste, it meant vain, it meant nothing, it meant confusion, vanity. And I gave you verses of scriptures to get that from. Then we saw bohu, which meant, um, which actually in Hebrew means um, undistinguishable ruin. All right, so basically what Moses was showing us was that the earth was filled with humanity that were empty, that were vain, that were confused, and that were in ruins. Then we were able to go on to explain, and God said, let there be light, all right, and there was light. We were able to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, verse 6, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 6, where it says, and God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness as shined where in our hearts. So Paul was quoting from Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3, and was bringing it to us, to our minds, all right, the meaning of what Moses was saying, letting us understand that the light of Genesis 1-3 is the light of the gospel, the shining of the light of the gospel in the hearts of men. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. All right, and he says, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. Now, I will now begin to start from verse 4 downwards, but before I go, we go in that direction, I want to show you from scriptures how that God uses parabolic language and bring to you a proper explanation of that so that you will not have a fickle understanding of what it is we are doing and why we have the interpretation this way. For example, when we say waters there speak to people, all right, why are we, what's the basis for that? So we are going to actually now look at the word parable. Now, the word parable appears 49 times in the Bible, 49 times in the Bible, 17 times in the Old Testament and 32 times in the New Testament, all right? The, in the, the two times we find them in the New Testament, all were in the Gospels and none were in the Epistles, all right? Now, what is a parable? A parable is a story told to pass across a message. So, it is a story told to pass across a message. The parable is not the message. The parable is told to pass across a message. Now, the details within the story in the parable isn't a message, but the message is communicated by the story. All right? 
All right, now, so for example, Jesus tells a parable in St. Luke's Gospel, chapter number 14. Turn to Luke 14. All right, Jesus spoke a lot in parables. Luke 14 and verse 7. Now, it says here, it says, And he put forth a parable, all right, to those which were bidding, when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them. So that means he saw folks who always wanted to have the prominence in meetings, and he told a parable to pass across a message to them that they should stop doing that. So he says, when thou art bidding of any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidding of him. And he that bade thee and him come say to thee, give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. But when thou art bidding, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that bade thee cometh, he may say unto the friend, go up higher, then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit at meet with thee. So where is Jesus going with this story? He says in 11, for whosoever exalted himself shall be what? Abased. And he that humbled himself shall be what? Exalted. So he told that story about arriving at an event, all right, and how you should conduct them yourself, all right, to pass across a message that you should not exalt yourself. Let others exalt you. Is this clear? Is this clear? Then let's look at the parable of the lost coin, Luke 15, 4 to 32. Because if you are not used to that style of writing, you will not see that that is what the Lord was doing in the book of Genesis. Now, Luke 15 and verse 4, he says, What man of you... Okay, let's start from verse 3. He says, And he spake this parable unto them. All right, let me first mention that the word parable in the Greek is... All right, the word parable in the, in the Greek, sorry, is the Greek parabole. And what does it mean? It means a fictitious narrative. So that means it is fiction, okay? But the purpose of that fiction is that there is a message in the fiction. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. It's like when you watch a fiction movie, all right, but the fiction movie has a message it's passing across to you. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying? Uh Uh-huh, good. So it says here, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness, and go after that which is lost, until he find it. Parable. And when he had found it, he layered it on his shoulders, rejoicing. All right? So, one thing Jesus does is that because the Jews were agrarian, and the Jews were headers, they were shepherds, and they had sheep, and things like that, he used stories they could relate to to pass a message across to them. So he says, all right, what man of you having a hundred, okay, I've read that verse 5, when he had found it, he laid it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was what? Lost. All right, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one what? Sinner that repented more than over 99 just persons would need no repentance. So he has used the lost ship, the parable of the lost ship, to communicate God's joy in redeeming the lost who, the lost sinner. Is this clear? So the parable or the story about the lost ship is to communicate redemption. Is this clear? All right, redemption. Now look at the next one. He now says, either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, 
does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. All right, lost coin. That's the lost piece of silver. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Verse 10. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that was repentant. So he's using the parable of the lost coin to communicate what? Redemption. Come on, is, is this clear? Is this clear? Then he now goes in 11 and now talks about the prodigal son. Remember, parable of the lost sheep, all right, then the lost coin, then the prodigal son. So that means the lost son. Is this clear? All right, let's look at it. It says, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the young son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of, the, of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine, to feed pigs. Now, in the Jewish culture, all right, in the Jewish culture, pigs are forbidden. You understand? All right, they don't eat pigs. All right, he said to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and we say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of your hired servants. Now look at what he says. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring either the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was what? Was what? Was he dead? Did he die? Can you see what we are saying? So, who died? Who is the man? Who was the son that was actually dead? Man. Are you seeing that? Uh-huh. So, it says what? For this my son was dead. And is what? Alive again. So, are you seeing the typologies now? He was dead and is what? Alive again. Ye who were dead in trespasses and sins as he was quickened. Ephesians chapter 2. All right. Verse 1. All right. He said he was dead. Is what? Alive again. Uh, he was lost, and he's what? Found. And they began to be what? Merry. Can you see that? So, he used parables to communicate eternal verities. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the story is not the issue, but the message the story is what? Communicating. Glory to God. Glory to God. So, you had several parables. In Matthew chapter 13, look at Matthew 13, 34. Matthew 13, 34, Jesus is speaking, he's explaining that, look, this is the reason why I speak in parables. I have always spoken in parables, and I will continue to speak in parables until the giving of the Spirit. He says, all these things 
All right? Let's start from verse 33. It says, Another parable spake he unto them. The kingdom of heaven is like unto living, which a woman took and eat in three measures of meal, till the whole was living. All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not what unto them. Listen, this is the word of God become flesh. In the Old Testament, he spoke to them through angels. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, he spoke to them directly. All right. But in both old and sorry, in the, did, I say in the, did I say in the New Testament, he spoke to them directly? All right. In the Gospels, he spoke to them what? Directly. Hallelujah. Now, he now says here, all right, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake, it unto, um, spake it not unto them. Now, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in what? I will open my mouth in what? Parables. I will utter things which have been what? Kept secret from what? The foundation of the world. Now, where is he quoting from? Psalm 78, 2. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. From verse 1. It says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Uh-huh. Notice. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Which law do we, are we aware of? Is it the law of Moses? Is it the law of Moses, right? The law of the Lord. Is it not the law of Moses? So it says, Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. Verse 2. Everybody read and let's go. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter what? Dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have what? So it means the law of Moses is a what? Is a what? Is this clear? It's a parable. The writings of Moses. They are a parable that have a message. Glory to God. All right? So the Old Testament writings were parabolic in communication in that the eternal message was relayed in a veiled way. This is why it takes the Spirit to show what the message really is. Glory to God. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Glory to God. The Spirit of God is interrupting me to tell you this. There's nothing wrong with traveling to Canada. But there's something wrong with you putting your prosperity, all right, in you traveling to Canada. Amen. Archbishop Benson Lidaosa used to say this. He used to say, a lizard in Nigeria will not be what? An alligator in America. You know, you always hear these wonderful stories. Oh, I, you know, you know, listen, everything, you know. How many of you, you take a picture and it's the worst one you upload? How many of you do that? Ah, I look ugly in this picture. I'm going to upload it. How many of you do that? No. Amen? I said amen. Eh. Now, I'm not saying Canada is not good, though. It looks cold, so it looks okay. All right? And it looks as though everybody that goes abroad, their skin always look better. They look fairer. But please, do not hinge your faith on a location. Say Allah with me, I'm blessed. 
wherever I am. Hallelujah. All right. Thank you for coming to our TEDx talk. Now let's go back. Second Corinthians chapter number three. <laughs> Amen. Let's look at verse eight. It says, "How shall we? How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? For if the ministration of condemnation be glory." The ministration of condemnation is the ministration of the law. Much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Now, the law was not bad, but the thing was that the law revealed sin. Are you seeing that? So, because the law revealed sin, the end result of the ministration of the law is that people got condemned for their sin because man was a sinner. Is this clear? Come on, is this clear? All right, good. So, it now says, for if the, for if, for even, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more does the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. For even that which was more made glorious had no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. Everybody read verse 11. It says what? For if that which is done away was what? Glorious. All right. Much more that which remained is what? Glorious. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Now, 13. This is where we are going. Everybody really want to go. It says what? And not as Moses... Which put a what? A veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was what? So that means Moses ministered the law with a veiled face. So that means with Moses, Moses had to conceal. Moses had to cover. You see that? All right, he says, and the reason why he covered was because of the people. He says, so that they could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. So the reason why he covered it was so that they would not see that this law he had brought was a temporary thing. Praise God. He says, but their minds, everybody, verse 14, but their minds were what? Blinded. For until this day remained the same what? Veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in who? So what is he saying? Because in the Old Testament, there was a, it was a parable. All right? And you, you, because it was a parable, the speech was not direct. And because the speech was not direct, whenever they read the Old Testament, there was a veil. They didn't see what the thing, the real, actual message was. So when they saw Genesis 3 and saw a snake, they didn't see Satan, they saw a snake. Are you following? You understand? When they saw, uh, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and they, uh, and shall become, uh, they can become wife, and, two shall, and the two shall become one flesh. They didn't see the union between Christ and the church. They saw what? Marriage. Are you following? The veil wasn't taken away. They were veiled. So they couldn't see what was behind. They couldn't see what the actual message was. Is this left? Then he now tells us, look out, he now says, which veil is done away we are in Christ. But he says, but even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon where? Where is the veil? Their heart. So that means the veil is in their understanding. Nevertheless, when it shall, when it shall, when it shall, what is the it shall? When he says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord. He's saying, when their hearts, glory to God, is turned to the Lord, what happens? The veil is what? Taken away. 
1 Corinthians 2. So when that heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away and capacity to understand is granted. Amen. Look at this. Amen. Look how it says here. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 10. Oh, let's start from verse 9. He says, But it is written, I have not seen, nor hear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God had done what? Revealed them unto us. So when that heart is turned to the Lord, what happens to that heart? Revelation. But God has revealed them unto us. How? By his Spirit. For the, th- the Spirit searcheth all things. Yeah, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So they were given in the Old Testament, but the heart was veiled, couldn't see it. Hallelujah. But the moment we receive the spirit, because our heart has turned to the Lord, we can see and understand. Hallelujah. So it says, with things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing what? Spiritual things with spiritual. Now, verse 14, everybody read. But the natural man receiveth not what? The things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness. How can you say the serpent is Satan? That's foolish. That's foolishness to him. How can you say the seed is Christ? That's foolish. It's foolishness to the natural man. How can you say that it's not um, six actual days that the six and the sevens are figurative? That's foolishness. You understand? They are foolishness to him. Glory to God. All right. Neither can he know them because they are what? Spiritually designed. So that means to understand the word of God, you need the spirit of God. Because if the spirit is the author of the parables, you need the spirit to tell you what he meant. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? So when Jesus comes in St. Luke 24, 27... And 44, and says the scriptures are focused on me, it now lets us understand that the essence of all the parabolic communication of the Old Testament is Christ. So the moment we see that, if Christ is the essence of the parables, then Christ is the, is the, is the key to solving all the puzzles. So the moment the center holds, Christ being the center, every other puzzle is solved. Praise God. Is this clear? Now let's go back to Genesis. How many of you are enjoying, enjoying the sermon so far? You are learning something? Uh-huh. Genesis chapter 1. Now where were we? We are where? Four. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. Oh. Notice, in two, we had only darkness. Is that correct? Now, we said the waters there were representative of people, nations, right? And those peoples and nations, all of them were in darkness. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Is that correct? Come on, is that correct? So everybody was in darkness. 
Then God said, let there be light. Then we've seen in 2 Corinthians 4, 1 to 6, that the light there is the light of the gospel. All right? The light of the gospel. Now, the light of the gospel shines, and all of a sudden, there became two kinds of people on the earth. Look at it. It says, and God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now, look at it. It says, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called what? Night, and the evening and the morning were the what? First day. Now say, Pastor, you said that means that there are two classical categories of people, all right? But there's, what do you mean? I'm getting confused. Pastor, let's simplify this thing. Oh, yeah, First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's start from verse 1, so you don't just catch it like that. I'll bring you into it. Amen. It says, but of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travel upon a woman with child, all right, and they shall not escape. Verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not where? Oh, wait, oh, we are coming, no. And ye, brethren, are not in what? Darkness. That that day should overtake you as a thief. Verse 5. Everybody read. Ye are all children of what? Uh-huh. And children of the what? Oh, light that God called day. He said, you are all children of the light and children of what? A day. All right. We are not of what? The night, nor of what? See that? So when he says, and God saw the light that it was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, the light he called day, and the darkness he called night. He's talking about people. So God separated the light, the day, from the night. God separated the children of the day. Glory to God. From the children of the night. Colossians chapter 1. And 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which had made us qualified meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints where? So there is an inheritance of the saints where? In light. Remember, light of Genesis. Light and darkness. Now look at verse 13. Look at it. Who hath what? Delivered us from what? The power of darkness and had translated us into what? So, where do, what do we see first in Genesis? Darkness. Then we see what? Light. So, he translated us from darkness into what? Light. The kingdom of his dear son. So, the kingdom of his dear son is the kingdom of what? Of light. Are you seeing this? Are you seeing this? So, those who are in the kingdom of darkness are the ones who have not believed the gospel. And those who are in the kingdom of light are those who have believed the gospel. Because the inheritance, what is the inheritance is referring to? The inheritance is referring to is what? Eternal life. The promise of righteousness by the Spirit. Look at Galatians 3. 
Verse 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the cause of the law, being made a cause for us, for it is written, Cause is everyone that what? Hanged on the tree. That the what? Blessing of Abraham might come on what? The Gentiles. Through who? Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. That we might receive the what? Promise of the Spirit through. So what was the promise to Abraham? The Spirit. Is that clear? What is the inheritance in the saints? The inheritance of the saints in light. What's that? The Spirit. Is this clear? Come on, is this clear? We are still going to go touch some things because I'm going to, you know, but is this very clear? So you now have two categories of people. Those in the light, those in darkness. Those in Christ, those outside of Christ. And what brought about the division? The gospel. The light that God shined. So the moment the gospel went out, those that believed it, light. Those that rejected it, those that believed it, those that rejected it, is this clear? So you have two kinds of people on the earth today. Those in the light and those in the darkness. Now let me also show you, all right, in 1 Corinthians 15, we have, all right, two mentions. The natural man and the spiritual man. 1 Corinthians 15. Because that will now explain the next thing we are going to read in Genesis. Oh, guys, this is delicious. It's not delicious. I mean, it's so delicious. Oh. Ah. It's sweeter than the Amalad Lagosia. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. It was a day like that. Ah, pa- um, Pastor Tenny took me to Lagosia just before she traveled. You know, we just want to say, just, ah, just, 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 so when the, you know, brethren, everything in life is in levels. Can I get an amen? amen. Mm. Okra is in levels. You know, when you go to Amalaskai, that okra is nice, but it's a dimension. Then when you go to Lagosia, that okra is another dimension. Ah! They say it was seafood okra. Amen. Even if they say it was marine spirit, that was this, I'll eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dimension. Ah, ah! And the conversation was sweet. How would it be sweet? Can it ah? Praise God. Have you forgotten where I was? Where am I teaching again? What are, where did I mention? Eh? First question. Ah, 15. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. I hope you know I just spoke in parables. <laughs> okay, let me take the view from your eyes. Because you are here okra. And Lagosia okra. What was I saying? Both of us know okra. But one was sweeter. And took your attention more than the other. But there are a lot of people at Amalaskai. <laughs> Can we continue? First Corinthians 15. So, what we need to do is increase the, mark, the awareness about these occurs of Lepkosia so that more people will be aware. Then, the ones that cannot pay, we pay for them so that they can enjoy. Amen. Are you seeing the problem now? <laughs> Barista Phillips is still wondering, are we still talking the word? What are we saying? <laughs> First Corinthians 15. 
Ah. I tell you that the Lord spoke a lot in parables so that they won't kill him. <laughs> and Moses too. Because imagine Moses went to tell them, children of Israel, you are in darkness, you are vain, you are empty, you are confused. They will stone him. <laughs> so he told them, hmm, wow, the Lord created in six days. Hmm. You understand? All right? All right, because sometimes if you give people a revelation they are not ready for, they might kill you for it. Glory to God. So when Jesus said, be as wise as serpents, but gentle as wolves, that means that there are certain things you should not just say. You don't talk anymore. For example, Lord was telling me something. He said, be careful what you share based on what I show you. He said, for example, if I show you the people who are causing the national security challenge of your country, don't go on Facebook and name names. They will pick you up. And it will not be persecution for God's sake. It's your stupidity. Praise God. There are certain things God will not tell you because some of you talk too much. Ah, any small, he told you something one second ago. The Lord just spoke to me. Ah, ah. You understand? I always say some people, they are too jumpy. They talk too much. Any small thing, life. The Lord just spoke to me right now. He, you know, can he tell you something that you, you don't tell anybody? Can you and the Lord have secrets? Is your relationship to that level? Do you understand? Where he tells you something and says, don't tell it now. It's not for now. When the transfiguration happened, he said, don't say it now. So that means there are times when you will have instructions from the Lord, revelation from the Lord, and you say, not now. Don't tell anyone now. Don't be a talkative Christian. This Rasmatas Christianity that we have is, is a troubling thing. We are going for evangelism. Right now, you can look at us, you see? We are going for, we are going to win the lost. Yeah. Yeah. You want to pray? You do live stream. I want to pray now. Can you join me now? Let us, sister, pray. No, we don't need to join you. Ah, we don't, sister, pray. It's good. Leave, just pray. Leave us alone. You are, pray. You don't have to live stream everything. The Lord told you to fast. Don't come and tell us, can we fast? No, it's you. You. He told you to fast. I don't have to join you. Are you following? to join you. You want to give, I'm, I'm now giving an offering right now. I'm giving, you know, see it now? Come on, is it, is it clear? Is it clear? The lightning is a problem. Is it? Have that capacity to do things without somebody else knowing. Pray in secret. Let the result tell us you are praying. Glory to God. Don't come and pray and begin to say, you know, I just finished a six hour. Leave it alone. It's two, TMI. Too much information. We don't need it. The moment you start telling us about how the color of your boxers, you are already getting into dangerous territory. We don't need to. Uh, we don't need that information. So your prayer life, leave it alone. You can, you know, put it, but don't now put it as though it's advert placement. We don't need. You know what I'm saying? Most times, people that always advertise their spirituality have none. They don't have it. Deep people don't advertise and know. It's too important. It's too sacred to be noised about. They make Jesus the message. All right? So two kinds of folks. First Corinthians 15. Hallelujah. Now, you listen. 
in verse 45. He says, and so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. Right? The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. So the question I have to ask you, where was he written? <laughs> where was he written? I will show you. Uh, you know, if you are, you, are, you see, have you noticed there are certain places where you say it's written somewhere, and you'll be searching the Bible, but you can't find it. For example, on that great day of the feast, Jesus came and said, um, as it, uh, when he says, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. As it is written, out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. Where was he written? I will show you. Praise God. If you are reading it like a Jew, like a, a sinner, you will not see it. <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. Okay. Now look how he says, he says, Aha, albeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is what? Natural. And afterward, that which is what? Spiritual. The first man is of the earth, what? Earthy. The second man is the Lord from where? Two kinds of men. Is this clear? Is this clear? Uh-huh. Very important. So it now says, as is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are what? Heavenly. So that means two categories of men, earthly, heavenly. Now go back to Genesis. Hey, thank you, Lord. Ah, now, are you ready? Now look at verse 6. And God said, let there be a firmament <laughs> in the midst of the waters. And let it divide the waters from the waters. Praise God. Now, <laughs> now waters, we said it's referring to what? People. So that means before this, all the waters were in one place. There was no division. Are you following? So that means all the waters, all the peoples were of one kind. But God, after he said, let there be light. He said, let there be a firmament to divide the waters. And let it divide, all right, the waters, look at this. All right, so let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament and divided the waters, which were under the firmament, from the waters which were what? Above the firmament. And it was so. So you had two bodies of waters, one above the firmament, and one where? All right, John 3. From verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, hold on. Where is the kingdom of God in Genesis? Genesis 
Right? Yeah. Right? Right? Where he says, what is the 126? Let us make man in what? After and likeness, and let him have what? Dominion is kingdom. Is that right? Is that right? That's kingdom. So he said, except a man be born again, he cannot what? He cannot what? See the kingdom of God. Now the kingdom is the dominion of Genesis 1.26. And we said the dominion of Genesis 1.26 is given to the man that bears the image of God. Who is the image of God? Christ Jesus. Being born again means to be born after who? Christ. Is this clear? Now, hold on. Who did we say Christ was in 1 Corinthians 15? He is the heavenly man. Is that correct? He is the one from heaven. He is the one from heaven, right? Now, what then was born again mean? The word born again is from two words. Born and again. <laughs> okay. Now it looks, you know, like, what do you mean, Pastor? Are we idiots? What do you mean born and again? Come on, stop it. Now. Born is from the Greek word genau. Genau. G-E-N-N-A-O. Again is from the Greek word anoten. A-N-N-O-T-H-E-N. So, born again is genau anoten. Do you know what it means? All right. Born again should have been better rendered born from heaven. Born from above. Glory to God. Born from above. So what Jesus is saying, when he says, except a man be born from above, he's saying, except a man be born of the heavenly man. Except a man be born from the one from heaven. Except a man be born from all right, the image of the one from heaven. So if except a man be born of me. Glory to God. Being born again, 1 Peter 1.23, not of what? Corruptible seeds, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Who is the word of God? Jesus. Praise God. Jesus is the word of God. So Jesus is the heavenly one, the one that came from heaven that man must be born after. Man has been born after the image of Adam. Now, man must be born after the image of Christ for him to see the kingdom promised in Genesis 1.26. Glory to God. So for him to see the kingdom, for him to enter the kingdom, he must be born after the image of Christ. Come on, are you getting it? Are you getting it? Is this clear? Now, so, except he's born from heaven, heaven. Now, what does the Bible say to those who are born again? Ephesians 3.20. You will notice that heaven, 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 all right, is where we are. The Bible says you are citizenship, you are citizens of what? Heaven. Is that 2.20? No, are you sure? Philippians 3.20. Ye are Praise God. Yeah, look at it. It says, for our conversation is in what? Is in what? 
from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That word conversation is polytuma, all right? Conversation there is not talking of we are talking, no. Conversation there is polytuma, and it means citizenship, all right? So it, it is better translated for our citizenship is in heaven. So when he talks about waters above, waters under, he's talking about people. Glory to God. So those who are the day, those who are of the light, are those who are citizens in heaven, who are seated far above. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Who are seated in Christ, what? Far above what? Principalities and powers. Because principalities and powers are where? On the earth. Those in Christ are seated where? In heaven, far above. So there is a clear what? Delineation. Come on, is this clear? Is this clear? All right, very, very important for us to see. Now, let's go back to Genesis. I think I'm running up now because of time. Hallelujah. 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 Okay, so, um, if we now add up to Genesis 2. There's something I wanted to show you. I wanted to make sure I showed you today. Because when you get to Genesis 2, the parable continues. Now, I've told you that the Bible is not a scientific document. Remember that? How many of you remember that? If you want to use the Bible to be arguing science, you will lose. It is like me using things fall apart. To argue politics. You, you, are you following? Things Fall Apart was not written for politics. Things Fall Apart is a parabolic, a fictitious book, you know, a fiction writing, but it has a message inside. Are you following? All right? So you must, the purpose of a book determines its usage. I know I'm going to have a lot of problems, a lot of theologians on what I've just said. But the, I was talking to somebody one time, and the guy was saying, I was saying that God did not create the world, the physical world, in seven days. He said, no, I stand for the truth. I stand for the word. That's I said, guy, calm down. I, I stand for the word too. What he did. <laughs> he said, God created the, the whole world in 24 hours. Seven, 24 hours, six days. I said, eh. So it was 24 hours. I said, good. But we have a problem now. Because the, how do you know that there is a day? Is it not by the sun and the moon? Uh -huh. So we have a problem already. <laughs> because he created sun and the moon like day four, Abby. So are you seeing the problem, sir? <laughs> he said, no, oh, you have come. All you people, you'll be twisting things. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. You understand? The reason is very important. It's very, very important for us to understand this. Okay? All right? Because when you want to talk to scientists, how many of you have noticed that when you talk to atheists and scientists, they always want to put, they want to function, uh, you know, say your Bible is rubbish. How can you say, I say, hey, hold on. It's not a scientific book. It's a book of faith. Praise God. So you cannot be arguing were there dinosaurs or not dinosaurs. Dinosaurs is not my Bible. Calm down. The Bible was not written to give you history of dinosaurs. No. 
that's not the purpose of the book. There are books for that. Praise the Lord. Do you know some people are looking for the Garden of Eden today? They are looking for it. Where is this garden? Uh, hey, you will not find it now. <laughs> garden of Eden. <laughs> if you are still looking for Garden of Eden, after having it, I have taught you. Uh, we need to get you Semo. <laughs> we need to get you Semo. We need to get you Semo with Pamela. You understand? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> praise God. God is passing a message across to you. Glory to God. It's like Canaan. The land of Canaan. Was it a natural place? Yes. But the land of Canaan was not the promised land. The promised land is God. Praise God. It's God. That's why I told, he spoke to Abraham. He said, I am your what? Your exceeding what? Reward. So he's saying, I am your reward. I'm, the, I'm your reward. So that land is God. That's why we are, are we going to any land? No. The spirit is the land. So we have come to Zion. We did, did you arrive at a place called Zion? Where's your visa to Zion? Zion is a spirit. Glory to God. <laughs> That's why you find a, a gospel that doesn't understand this, that is very materialistic. Everything is about getting stuff. You hear a Christian, you enter into your inheritance. The car, the house. No, what, what do you mean? How can the inheritance be a, a house in Lekki? Some of you already live in Lekki now. Some were born there. Then someone comes with a G-Wagon. They will now say, come and tell us secrets of the kingdom. G-Wagon, secrets of the kingdom. Ha, let me come down for this. Hey, dear Lord Jesus Christ. God will forgive us in Jesus' name. Ha. 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 G-Wagon. That's like Jesus saying, he rode the chariot, chariots. Then he's telling disciples, this is the kingdom of motion. The secrets of the kingdom. Yeah, chariots. In Sunday, chariots. That's why you're going to find a lot of believers who have been poorly raised. They begin to say, where is my God? Because they, they lost a Jiwa God. They didn't get Jiwa God. Oh, the trial of my faith. What happened? Trial of my faith. What happened? And we, we wanted to move to Banana Island, but we couldn't move. My God, why did you fail me? It's what they've been teaching them. So the person is sowing seed. It's not love. Sowing seed to get it. I'm sowing seed to get it. I'm sowing seed to get it. I'm sowing seed to get it. You sow for the husband. You sow for the wife. You sow for the children. Everything. You sow, you sow, you sow. So you now get to a point that you have now raised transactional Christians. You hear? Have you heard people say that even God, have you heard people say it? Even God doesn't give until you, you drop something. Have you heard people say it? They don't understand the level of heresy they've entered into. You, you hear even God. Even God? Nothing goes for nothing, even with God. You hear people say that? So somebody's dying of cancer, you say, what do you have in your hand? So your God, someone is dying, but he wants money first. 
Can you say I have misrepresented God? This is your Elebi God. This is your hungry God that is always after people's dollar. I don't, where did they get him from? It's a creation of men. Hallelujah. So that's why the church doesn't even resemble the one we read in the Bible. You'll be looking for that. Where is this church? I don't, do you understand? And many of the very wealthy folks, because they interact with some of our, not all men of God are the same, some are, you know, you know but it's just, I'm like, I can't follow those of your pastors, they are too money-minded. Praise God. I want to show you something. Genesis 2. Believe God will meet your needs. God supplies. He's a good father. Have faith in him for material provision. He's, he's trustworthy. But don't you ever, ever equate the blessing of God in Christ with mundane things. Don't judge your faithfulness to God by how much of mundane things you have. It will be a big mistake. Praise God. You can be rich and God is not happy with your commitment. And he wants you to focus on the things that matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why you notice a lot of show off in church. Everybody in church wants to buy the latest iPhone and just, you know. Then you now find that people pick their churches as though they are picking Prada. What's the happening church around? So you now find that the churches themselves want to now be the happening church. So you now find out that they are now led not by what the Spirit is telling them to do, but by what is the trend. Oh, they bring comedians now. Let's bring comedians. They brought this musician. We bring our own. So it's response. It's competition. We must win. We must win. We must win. We are screen. We must get screen. We must we are give, give, give. I'm like, oh dear God, what is the meaning of this? So discipleship is now being replaced with marketing. Members have now become customers. Are you seeing that? So you now see because they are now customers. Then the pastor is a marketer and PR chief. I don't offend them all. We don't want them to move to another church. Are you, are you following? What do they want? What do they want? Oh, yeah, let them feel from. What do you like about the service? Okay, the word, but it's too long. Can we shorten it? Um, um, can, you know, can we talk about, you know, can we talk about business? We talk about the words too much. Can we talk about business? What a relationship? I want some advice on sex and I want, you know, can, can I drink, you know, you know, can we, you, you, now, you, listen to me. When the baby begins to tell the parents the kind of diet he will eat, that baby is going to die of kwashoko. Because the baby does not have enough sense to know what is good for it. Are you following what I'm saying? Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? But when you now have a lot of babies and you are now telling them to tell you what they should eat, how many of you now know that we have a problem? We have a problem. Oh. Ah, this prayer is too long. Oh, this prayer, can I just talk to God? Just want to talk to God. That's for like 10 minutes. This prayer meeting is not. Why are we doing three hour prayer meeting? Can we just do 30 minutes? 
They say, Evan, shoki, 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 shoki. <laughs> shoki. Hey. Praise the Lord. Amen. Genesis 2. Ever say discipleship. Now, I want to show you this. Let's look at verse 3. We'll continue next week. We can't finish today. Because you can obviously see there's a lot to learn. Right? Um, let's have, okay, let's start from verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, <laughs> and, and all the host of them. Now, notice, so, it says the heavens and the earth were finished. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? You know it is after Genesis 1.26 he's talking about, Right? Right? It says, the heavens and the earth were finished. The heavens and the earth were what? Were finished. So that means God is done. What is God done with? God is done with what? The new creation. Are you following? Are you following? So it's, it's done. Now one of the problems we have with your King James Bible is the introduction of chapters and verses. Because chapters and verses lets you think that when the, uh, one chapter is done and you enter another chapter, it's making it look as though one thought has ended. They are now starting on that one. No. They, the Bible was not written in chapter and verses. Chapters and verses was actually introduced in around um, 1227 by Richard Lagutin. And in the 16th, 16th century, when printing started. So for reference purposes, they needed to chapterize the Bible. So that they could say, okay, we've printed from chapter this to chapter this. So the chapterization is the work of man. Unfortunately, that chapterization has now led to interpretation. So when you are doing your context, I've noticed when you are saying, well, let's read it in context. You read some verses before and verses after. The problem we are going to have is that those verses before and verses after, that context we are doing is not in the Holy Ghost. True contextual reading of Bible must be, the Bible must be read in context of Genesis to Revelation. Because it's one story that is being told. Amen. Amen. So that's why if you, have a, if you have a doctrinal position, you must start from Genesis and go to Exodus and be confirming it like that. Like that. Like that. Like that. Where is this thing in Exodus? Where is this in Deuteronomy? Where is it in Numbers? Where, you understand? Redemption, for example. Redemption is in all through Scripture. So that means you're able to find redemption, the redemption story where? In every book. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. Is redemption part of his work? Is redemption part of his work? Is the new creation part of his work? For we are his workmanship created in what? Huh? So, is this part of his work he rested from? Is it part of his work he rested from? Now, notice on the sixth day is when he says Genesis 1.26. So, the sixth day was not talking about the creation of the natural man. He was talking about the creation of the man in the image of God. Glory to God. Come on, glory to God. Uh-huh. All right. He said, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all this work which God created and made. All right. Then he now says, these are the generations, the heavens and the earth. You know, I want to show you um, from verse 7. He says, and the Lord God formed 
man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the bread of life. Now, listen. It is in Genesis 2-7 we now have the introduction of the natural man. Because you now have, and man became a what? A man became a what? 1 Corinthians 15. All right. The first one was what? Made a what? A living soul. The second was make a what? A life-giving spirit. Are you seeing the difference? So the second man is Genesis 1:26. The first one is what? The natural man, the living soul. Clear? All right, now let's continue. I have to go round up now. Praise God. It now says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward, and there he put the man whom he had formed. All right, so because, guys, because of the distance I will have to cover to start explaining Eden, I think I should stop here. But let me show you something to just close stuff. Then we we'll continue next week. Is this fine? Now it says, and a river went out of Eden. Eden means the presence of God. I'll explain next week. It says, and a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into what? Four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is which compasses the whole land of Avila, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedelium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is what? Gion. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Idekel. That is it which goes towards the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is what? Euphrates. Now, you will notice something. The direction of these rivers, all right, is to the four corners of the earth. The word and the expression for, I'm, going to, I'm just going to give you the scriptures, all right, is used to talk about, for, when used in scripture, all right, is used most times to talk about the four corners of the earth. There is the north, there's the east, there's the, west, uh, the south, and there's what? The west, right? Right? So those are the four corners. I'll show, let me show you some scriptures so then we can read. Ah, time. Please, please, everybody, I hope you're in agreement. Nobody's going to be annoyed that I'm, please, just give me some. More time, like five more minutes or ten more minutes. Okay, praise God. Praise God. All right, good. Let us look at the four corners of the earth. Amen. All right, quickly. Let's go. Now, the four corners of the earth. Look at Isaiah chapter 11. So it talks about four rivers going in four different directions. I am aware, Brother Paul, I can see that in the spirit. All right, it appears as though someone wants to drive out or something. Is that correct? I can see it in the spirit. So, so, and I saw that Tommy, where is Tommy? Tommy, come and take the key and sort it out because he can't drive. <laughs> Praise God. Isaiah 11. Glory to God. Now listen. It says, And he shall set up an ensign for the nations, and shall assemble the outcasts of Israel, and gather together the dispersed of Judah. From where? From where? Are you not there? Isaiah 11, 12. Are you there? All right. And gather together the dispersed of Judah. From where? The four corners what? So basically, four corners of the earth is talking about the whole world. 
Are you see, that's what it means. So when he talks about four rivers, eh? All right, he's talking about those rivers that flow out of Eden are for the watering of the whole world. Is this clear? Now, don't make a mistake. The first thing is this. Notice, it says, and there was a river, one river, that came out of Eden. That one river split into four. Go back and check. Genesis 2. Look at it. Verse 10. Everybody want to go. And what? A river went out of what? To water the garden. And there, from thence it was what? And became into what? Four heads. Clear? Clear? So, are we talking rivers? John 7. Thirty-seven. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man tests, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. Of what? Is it one river? He's saying rivers of living water. Glory to God. Now, which man? This call of Jesus is to how many men? John 3.16. For God so loved the world. So it's to what? All men from where? The four corners where? Of the earth. So now when Jesus said out of his belly, now not when he says out of his belly, he said as the scripture has said. Who does the scripture testify of? So that means when he says as the scripture has said, he's talking about himself. So when he says out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, the belly is referring to his out of Jesus' belly. So that's why he says let him come to me. Right? So they come to him and out of his belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. So notice, so this is Jesus, right? Rivers are flowing. So, if it's to the whole world, how many should flow out? If we're speaking typological, how many should flow out? Four, like four, you know, four corners of the earth. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now, what does the rivers of living water refer to? Next verse. So, it's in brackets. So, this is an interpretation. But this spake he of what? Talk to me. Of what? Which they that believe on him should what? For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet what? So that means the rivers is the spirit. So when he says, out of Eden flow a river and he had for it, he said, out of the presence of the Lord, the spirit flows and waters the whole earth. Now, where do you find out the meaning of the names of the river? Now, how many... The <laughs> there were four, right? What's the name of the first? Pisson. The second? Gihon. The third? Idekel. And the fourth is what? Euphrates. What do they mean? 
the word puissant. Glory to God. The word puissant means increase. Gion, bursting forth. Idekel, rapid. Euphrates, fruitfulness. So, increasing, bursting forth, rapid, fruitfulness. Increasing, bursting forth, rapid, fruitfulness. So, the goal in Genesis 1, 26, make man in our image, make men born again. The command in 27, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. So that means God wants a multiplication of the Genesis 1.26 man. Correct? Correct. Now, that fruitfulness, that increase on the earth is only going to happen how? Through the agency of the Spirit. So, Jesus said in St. Luke 24, let's round it up. Luke 24. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. What's the promise of the Father? But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be what? Endued with what? Power from on. Acts 1 8. Acts 1 8. But ye shall receive what? Power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the what? Uttermost part of. Have you noticed? Did you notice something? How many of you noticed something? Four corners of the earth Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts. Four corners. So he's talking to you about the fruitfulness, the repl replication of men in the image of God that would happen in the four corners of the earth and it's going to happen through the agency of what? The Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Is this clear? Have you been blessed? Can we lift up our hands and just worship the Lord? Just bless his name for all we have learned. Oh, Father, we thank you. Laraku sataka babahaya. Open your mouth, everybody, and just let's watch. You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.